On today's episode of Marvel Monday presented by Anchor, we've got Morbius trailer, the Hawkeye trailer, some other things going on in the Marvel Universe, and we've got the Eternals review, the official Eternals review, and there will be spoilers, so that will be after the ad break. So for anybody who's listening who hasn't seen Eternals, please pause it after you hit the ad break. Um, other than that, guys, it's time to refill. I need a refill. <laughs> Welcome back, refillers. It's time for another Marvel Monday. I'm your host, Dylan Fields. Let's get right to it. Um, what's new in the MCU, you guys? We actually have a major movie slate pushback with Doctor Strange 2 Multiverse and Madness uh, being pushed back to May 6th of 2022. Thor Love and Thunder is being pushed back July 8th, 2022. Black Panther is set for November 11th of 2022, but that was just announced that they stopped production until early next year. Um, because there was an injury on set back in August, and it's one of the bigger roles. It's T'Challa's sister. Um, the Marvels, Miss Marvel, you know, that series. Um, I'm not sure when that one's coming out yet, but The Marvels, which is going to be Captain Marvel 2, pushed to February of 2023, and then Ant-Man and Quantumania is pushed to November 3rd. Um, we've got a new casting update for Ant-Man Quantumania with Bill Murray playing a surprise role not sure who he is yet, but that's pretty exciting. I've got some ideas. I think it could be, um, you know, it could be Scott Lang's father. It could be Scott Lang in the future, even though we've already seen him as an old man in the suit in Endgame. Or it just could be somebody that's stuck in the quantum realm. Um, he'd be great to be used as like a comic relief in Kang's uh, Chronopolis that was teased in Ant-Man and the Wasp when they rescued uh, Hank Pym's wife. Um, that was seen in the background, and now we've met Kang. We know he's the all-great conqueror. He's uh, set to be the main villain of Ant-Man and Quantumania, so that's exciting. Uh, you guys, I'm still waiting on that Spider-Man trailer. I look every single day. I wait every single day. I cry every single day. We still have not seen any new update to that. And I'll tell you what, I'm just getting sick of it. Um, I'm kind of at the point where I just want the movie to come out. I mean, what's so what's so hard to put a new trailer out? I don't know if it's a Marvel Sony feud. You know, if you know Sony wants to put something out, but Marvel doesn't want them to. I've heard rumors that if it's true about having you know Toby and Andrew in the movie, I've heard that there's a theory that Sony wants to put the three of them in the trailer, but Marvel Marvel Studios doesn't. Um, I have found a new update to a leak for this trailer that says it will release between the 15th and 17th of November. And it says, this is not the order of the scenes in the actual trailer. There's a few scenes from the first trailer and some are a bit extended. Shot of Peter at the courtroom, but we mostly see his face. Cannot see Matt Murdock. So there's still no idea if we have Daredevil yet. All five villains are shown between Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Electro, Sandman, and the Lizard. We see a bit more of the fight between Doc Ock at the bridge. Some scenes are from the alternative first trailer are shown, including a shot with Peter covered in green paint. I've seen that leak. Peter fights Electro. The creature that attacks Peter in the first trailer that many people thought was Venom is revealed to be Lizard. We actually see Peter looking right at him after being attacked. 
Strange is shown a bit more, including a scene with Ned interacting with him. Both Andrew and Toby are teased, but not shown. There's a shot of Peter all bloody in his far-from-home suit that is probably the same battle as that Empire magazine photo. There's a shot of Peter at F-E-A-S-T, Feast. We see the logo in the background. Talking to someone with a worried look, it doesn't show who he's talking to. Overall, it's a better trailer than the first one and a bit longer. That's all I've seen so far. Um, I'm just kind of done waiting, though. I'm at the point where, like I said, I don't care anymore. I just want the movie to come out. December cannot come fast enough. But with that being said, the next thing on our slate is Hawkeye coming out in November. And guys, I'm excited. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but like I had thought about WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier before, I wasn't sure if I'd like it, and then I loved them. I'm going to just say that Hawkeye might be set to be one of the better ones. It might be better than Falcon. I don't think anything will top WandaVision. Um, I mean, Loki was great. But WandaVision just takes the cake. Um, but yeah, so Jeremy Renner reprises his role as Clint Barton. We now have Haley Steinfeld entering the MCU as um, <clears throat> her character, Kate Bishop. Uh, Ava Russo comes back as Clint Barton's daughter. And we have Cade Woodwork playing his son and Ben Sakamoto playing his son again. And Linda Cardellini reprising her role as Laura, his wife. Um, we do have a new face, Vera Farmiga, who's going to play Kate Bishop's mother. Um, a familiar face from the uh, Breaking Bad world, Tony Dalton. He's going to come in and play a swordsman. Um, I'm hoping that we get to see the tracksuit bros. Um, I forget what their real name is. I'll have to get with that for our Hawkeye preview episode. Uh, but if you haven't seen the trailer yet, check it out. It's pretty cool. It's really fo focused around Christmas. Um, it's looking like he's going to be just getting home in time for the holidays. It's very diehard-esque, um, but it's going to be cool. Check it out. Uh, if anyone has not seen the Morbius trailer yet, that's a cluster. Sony pretty much just said, eh, you know what? We're going to go ahead and just throw all the universes in this movie. A lot of people are confused because nobody understands where Morbius takes place. You see the Andrew Garfield universe, Oscorp logo on a building. There is a tease of Rhino and the black cat. There is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man on a wall with murderer graffitied over it, which is alluded to uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And then you see... Our good friend Michael Keaton as Vulture in the trailer. <laughs> and then our Michael Morbius himself, Jared Leto, says, I am Venom and laughs and says, no, no, just kidding. Dr. Michael at your service. So we get a little bit of every universe. And I'm not sure if that's just because we're in the multiverse now and things are collided or if this was just poorly done to just piss off MCU, you know, Marvel Studios. Who knows? Uh, cannot wait for that movie to come out. It's been a long wait. They had a trailer come out like what feels like uh, forever ago, like I think two years ago, and they're just now getting to it in January. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage yet, you gotta go see it. There was some talk between the post-credit scene of Venom entering the MCU and seeing Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Uh, Kevin Feige, when interviewed, 
said there's a lot of coordination. If you still don't know all about the coordination, I'm not going to be the one to tell you, but between Sony and Marvel, the Venom and Spider-Man No Way Home team, we work together on it. Uh, that makes me feel like we're going to see Venom in No Way Home. It might just be a post credit scene, which I think is fine because I don't see Spider-Man going into the uh, – or I don't see Venom going really into – um, no Way Home with just how much we're going to get out of it. We've got so many villains already. That's like saying Morbius is going to be in it too. Like that's not happening. Uh, I think Venom 3 is going to be where we'll see Spider-Man and Venom face off or, you know, they see each other. Um, but it'd be cool to see maybe a post-credit or mid-credit scene with Venom and Spider-Man interacting. Got another thing in the MCU news. Marvel Studios is reportedly developing a World War Hulk movie that's going to start production late 2022 with our good friend Mark Ruffalo. Um, I hope it's not just a rumor. I hope it's true. Um, anyone who has not finished What If yet, I really recommend you do that before you see Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, because that's kind of looking like a prequel to that movie. And there's been some fun little Easter eggs that's been poked online that show like rejected pitches for what if. So I wanted to go over those real quick. Some rejected pitches for what if included an episode where Spider-Man turns into a real spider, a Jurassic Park homage about prehistoric dinosaur versions of the Avengers and a Star Wars crossover featuring Luke Skywalker. Several concepts were also turned down as they were secretly already planned for the MCU, like Jane Foster becoming Thor, Pepper Potts suiting up as Rescue, and Professor Hulk. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think the Star Wars crossover is going to happen eventually. If you guys saw in the one episode of What If, they already teased the Star Wars um, universe, like Mustafar being one of the planets that they crossed to. So... They have already established that Star Wars exists, but it's more like the like movies in Star Wars exist, just like DCU, ex, you know, or the DCEU exists in the Marvel world. Um, Internals, they brought up Superman in the Raimi verse. Um, Aunt May said to Spider Man, "You know, you're not Superman." <laughs> so those all exist. Um. That's going to be about it before we head to the ad break. When we get back, we've got the Eternals review, which is full of spoilers, so be aware. Last warning, this is time for the Eternals review. I'm going to give you some spoilers, so if you don't want to hear any spoilers, wait until you've watched the movie to listen to the following. Okay, that's your last warning. Three, two, one, go. Okay? All right. Eternals. What a film. Got a lot of good and a lot of bad to say. I'm waiting until year end to give my final review of my re-ranked MCU. Because I'm going to do a separate ranking of the films and the TV shows. Eternals might fall to the bottom. With that being said, I'm going to get all the bad out first. Very, very long movie with not a lot of excitement. A lot of character building. It was like a very, very, very expository, or I wouldn't even say, no, it's a very, it's like an introductory. I mean, it, it, it lets you know who these guys are, who these Eternals are, 
but it didn't do a lot of progression. Um, there was just things in this movie that I just kept thinking, thinking like, well, what about this or what about that? I mean, something as small as Angelina Jolie's character, Thana, who seemed to get this like mind control and she tried killing all the other Eternals. A lot of that was never resolved. Um, and I thought the deviants in the film were fought off way too easy. Like I know that the Eternals were sent to Earth to defend against the de deviants, but the, one of the deviants was able to like suck the soul out of these Eternals. And he started like morphing into what looked like James Spader's Ultron. And I thought he was going to be a bigger villain than he was. He was so quickly fought off by Thana. Um, and just overall, I mean, I know it was kind of like an experiment. It was basically a guinea pig. I mean, what I think Phase 4 is doing in Marvel is we're going to start to see a lot more weirder content. I mean, I wouldn't say weird, but Shang-Chi introduced, you know, like dragons and, you know, um, anything and anything that's just not like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's just straight, like, almost seems like army and... You know, it's just too grounded. This was not grounded for sure. And I enjoyed that because Guardians of the Galaxy was, at their time, an experiment. And everybody loved the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I thought they were trying to do that with this. Um, let's just dive right in with the characters. There's Ajax, Cersei, Icarus, Thana, Gilgamesh, Kingo, Druig, Sprite, Makari, and Fastos. Of those characters... I had some hate and I had some love. Um, everybody did a great job playing the characters. And when you hate a character, that usually means that that's just a good actor. Um, I definitely did not like Icarus's character for the fact that he all along was just like stuck to, um, he was basically still drinking the Kool-Aid of the um, Celestials. Uh, same with Ajak, but Ajak um, wanted what's best for the Eternals. Thana was always mind-controlled the whole movie, so that was kind of annoying to deal with. Gilgamesh was dope. Kingo was hilarious. He stole the show in this movie. I really didn't like Druig or Sprite. Uh, Makari was awesome. Welcome, the first deaf superhero. And Fastos, who stole the show as the first openly gay superhero. That was um, one of my more favorite scenes in the movie was when we got to introduce him and his husband and their child in Chicago. Um, he might have been my favorite character, aside from Cersei, who also stole the show. Uh, Gemma Chan, she did a great, great, great job as Cersei. Um, Kit Harrington, who I believe is from the Game of Thrones, like uh, Richard Madden, comes in and makes his debut as Dane Whitman. Dane Whitman, does that sound familiar? Dane Whitman? Yep. That name is... The Black Knight, which was teased in the post credit scene. Uh, he opens up the ebony blade and then is struck in by a voice from behind him who was not captured on screen. But what I have found out is the voice was, now I'm going to completely butcher this, but Mahershala Ali, he is going to be Blade. So this was the introduction to the Black Knight and the Blade. And for the biggest drum roll of the night, 
we ended up getting a mid credit scene that was introducing Pip the Troll, who then introduced Star Fox, the brother of Thanos, Eros, who was played by Harry Styles, the one and only Harry Styles, that beautiful boy from One Direction, Harry Styles, our king, king of pop from this era, alongside Justin Bieber. Harry Styles is now making his MCU debut as Eros, brother of Thanos, the Prince of Titan, you name it. I was excited to see that, um, but somebody who saw the film of the release spoiled that for everybody on Twitter weeks ago, and unfortunately, I've known about that for, like I said, like weeks. I would have liked to have keeping that a secret because that was something that would not have ever came across my mind as something I think of. Um, but hey... I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I, I mean, I've, Thanos is my favorite character. You guys know that. So getting to see Thanos' brother, and it's one of my favorites. I mean, one of my favorite singers of our generation. He's just a great artist. Um, really sweet. So that saved the movie. I would have ranked this movie a 5 out of 10, which would have been probably my worst, my worst ranking of any movie. I gave it a 6 out of 10 just because Harry Styles saved the movie. So with that being said, I've got some questions that I wanted to ask. Are the Avengers strong enough to fight off Deviants? You know, the Eternals were only supposed to interfere when Deviants came to Earth. And, you know, humans weren't ever supposed to be interacted with the Eternals because, you know, the rules were the, you know, humans had to fight off on their own. But, you know, facing off against Thanos, who was... Somebody who was kind of an eternal and kind of a deviant as well. Why didn't they mess with them when he came around? It's almost like they wanted Thanos to wipe off half the population. Um, I think at this point, our Avenger team is strong enough to fight off any deviants between like Thor, Doctor Strange, Wanda. I mean, you've got all these um, Nexus beings who are pretty much like the strongest beings in the universe. How could they not rank up with an Eternal? Uh, you know, Eternals were supposed to be, you know, not killable. And we saw three, I think three Eternals die. How is that possible if they're Eternal? But it seemed that Ajax was their healer and that's what kept them all from dying. I think, I think that's how it works. I mean, they've been living for thousands of years. Um, I mean, Icarus and Cersei alone were married for 5,000 years. Now, how does heroes like Captain America, and I mean Falcon, Captain America, stay relevant with the heroes of this power? Um, and I think that's a good argument because the Eternals are very powerful, but so is Captain Marvel and so is Thor. But they're not on this world. I think, you know, you got to look at it in uh, levels. You know, Captain America, um, people like Ant-Man. I mean, Ant-Man's going to be in the quantum realm. You know, so he is at a little different level, but like Iron Man, Captain America, your your Hulk, I mean, people like that, they're fighting more on a grounded level, whereas like, this is a cosmic level for the Eternals, for Captain Marvel, for Thor even. I mean, they're fighting beings that are more on the cosmic level, and that's why you'll probably never see an Eternal face off with an Avenger, because it's just not the same level. Spider-Man could never face off uh, a being that's going to be in the presence of an eternal in battle. 
that's just my theory. But let those uh, questions linger in your brain as we move forward because there's probably going to be an Eternals 2 or a spinoff because, I mean, they said the Eternals will return. Um, not sure what that means. Maybe on Disney Plus Day next week we're going to get maybe a spinoff series uh, up in the coming years. Who knows? I'm looking forward to Disney Day, though. November 12th, it's going to be Friday this week. Um, if none of you have heard about that Disney Day, they usually announce new projects, show new trailers, new posters. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that come out for what's coming in the next couple of years. Um, that's about it, though, guys. We're going to dive into the three what-ifs, the random questions to wrap up our show. What if one? What if the Eternals reappear, and when can you see them fitting in the or where can you see them fitting in the mcu i think that it's gonna never cross paths with somebody like the avengers like i said you know two different power levels so it'll either be an eternals 2 or something more on a cosmic level like a thor movie or guardians 3 um i mean guardians teased the celestials with peter quill being half of a celestial because of his father ego so i'm interested to see what will happen from there um, what if two, what if Captain America sacrificed vision to save the planet, you know, with Kang setting the, you know, he set the tone for how he wanted the MCU to go and it was never going to be Captain America sacrificing vision because they needed vision to, um, live in order for Thanos to succeed in order for this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. But in another scenario, what if he did sacrifice Vision? I mean, he sacrificed millions of people, billions of people, just to save one bio-human. He was, a, he was half a human, guys. It's just a question that's always lingered on my mind when it comes to, you know, what the MCU could have been if Thanos lost. But, I mean, the thing is, Thanos was never meant to lose. So, what if three... What if Adam Warlock appears in a post-credit scene and what movie could we see it in? And to be honest with you, I think Adam Warlock is going to come a lot sooner than we think. He might be mentioned in Multiverse of Madness or Thor Love and Thunder. Um, we do have some time until Guardians 3 comes out, so who knows. But thank you guys for listening. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, head over to iTunes, leave a review. Don't forget to check out the question and answer or the um, engageable content on the episode notes on Spotify. Until next time, you guys, thank you for tuning in to Marvel Monday on Refill and Chill. See you next time. Chill out, dickwad.